What is this? Maybach music. I like this Maybach music. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> Two friends, Two friends from, a small town in West from a small town in West Virginia have one thing in common. A love of hip-hop. So it's only right that they get together to wax poetic about what they love. This is Hip-Hop Manifesto. Live from the basement. The basement? Rap City the Basement. I'm your host, Chivalry. And I'm Kellen B. Conley. The B. Conley. The B. on Twitter, in fact. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a Hip Hop Manifesto episode 11. Ladies and gentlemen, we've come so far in such a short time. <laughs> Not a short time by any means, but a short number of episodes nonetheless. But the last episode, tell them how many downloads. Let's see. Hip Hop Manifesto, episode 10, the 2010 HHM Awards show has 2,067 downloads at this time. We are uh, quietly blowing up on the internet. Uh, a, we're doing big things. It sounded like a humble brag, but then it turned into an actual brag. <laughs> I ain't humble. I'm, I'm, I'm for real about this. I live this podcast and shit every single day. I just dropped the podcast this morning, and now I'm doing another podcast. I, I live this shit. So today, we're going to give the rebuttal to the hottest MCs in the game list. Yeah, it's, uh, it's always a source of controversy because yeah. there's always people that say that this this brain trust or basically it's just a bunch of MTV uh, experts or actually just people that are hip-hop related uh, for the broadcasting uh, agenda of MTV. Um, I don't really know what I was going with that. But anyway. <laughs> I think what you're trying to say is a lot of people think that the people on the panel on the round table are not qualified to make the decisions about this hottest MCs in the game list and each year it, there's always someone on there it shouldn't be someone who uh, got left off and then you always think oh it's a label saying this a label saying that and that's why the list is the way it is but uh, when the list finally came out when um, the number one person was revealed well, I, hit, I hit Matthew up on Twitter and I was like hey Mr. Uh, Madison Wisconsin you need to uh, get with me on Skype so we can talk about this hottest MCs list while it's still relevant. And thankfully it's still relevant because they just <laughs> announced number one, uh, was it three days ago? Uh, yeah, I felt like it's not over the weekend, really. So for so. those that don't know, this is, uh, like if you were the Wikipedia, like what they use for criteria to decide who's going to be on this. And not that they actually have like a, an intelligent formula by any extent. <laughs> we're talking about MTV, but their quote unquote brain trust judges rappers on the grounds of their artistic execution, uh, lyrical ability and flow, commercial success as in charting hits, radio spins, album sales, cultural impact as in business acumen, ushering in other big artists, digital metrics, Facebook page likes, Twitter followers, new songs on mixtapes, things like that, buzz, and other intangibles. In order to be eligible to be included, on this list, an artist must have actively released music that year. So that is their criteria. But if you watch the little web clips, you will understand that all that really doesn't get thrown out the window. It's just basically who they like and who they think had a hot year. I agree. Now, before we get into that, 
I don't want to just jump into things without letting people know exactly what happened to Because I still wonder sometimes, Matthew. <laughs> what happened? Tell everybody you move, fool. I uh, am now in Madison, Wisconsin, so I sound very funny. It's because of the Madison thing, not the fact that we're doing this over Skype. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got married since our last episode. And we got married! <laughs> I got married and tried to stay true to the chivalry name, so uh, Mrs. Chivalry moves us out here uh, for her medical residency. And Mrs. Chivalry, kind of, she's she's the one and only. Aww. No, I just think she's the one and only. Probably calling herself that. <laughs> Let's find out right now, and if not, you need to make her to account whether she uses it or not. <laughs> You can refer to her as Mrs. Chivalry on Twitter all the time. So now your your friendly hip hop manifesto uh, staff members and cast. I Matthew Chivalry Spencer in here in Madison, Wisconsin, and Kellen B. Hyphen Conley is now in Morgantown, West Virginia. So still holding down in the mountains. Really, we're just we're spreading the empire from the East Coast now to the Midwest. For the very short time I plan on being here, because it's, it's very strange. That's what's happened in the past whatever X amount of days since the last podcast. So, to then jump into things, <laughs> why don't we tell them yeah. about who is on said list? Okay, well, I will read the top five, the, the bottom five, and you read the top five. Here we go. Number 10, Wale from D.C. Number 9, Wiz Khalifa from Pittsburgh. Number 8, Big Sean from Detroit. Number 7, Meek Mill from Philadelphia. And number six, Jay-Z from Brooklyn. Number five, Lil Wayne. Number four, Nicki Minaj. Number three, Kanye West. Number two, Drake. Number one, Rick Ross. I could tell you where most of them are from, but I don't know exactly. (laughs) Uh, Let's see, Wayne's from New Orleans. Nicki is from Queens. Uh, Kanye is from Chicago. Drake's from Toronto. And Ross is from Miami. Yes. Oh, okay. So that, that's the list. That's Final Jeopardy sometime. I got that. And so MTV kind of breaks it down. They give like one a week or something until they're down to the last two. Is that right? They did the, um, each day they revealed um, one of the bottom five. And then over the weekend, when the actual show was on, on MTV2, they revealed the last five. So this is very similar to the list that ET puts out occasionally. Uh, like they made a lot of controversy... Uh, about two years ago when they did the greatest MCs list of all time. Isn't that when Button got bad at uh, Method Man and all of them and he got punched in the face? Yeah, and a lot of people criticized Button because he didn't know, he didn't instantly recognize the rapper, the old school rapper Cowboy on the list and people gave him a bunch of grief over that. But <laughs> you know what? I, I love old school, but if I saw a, a name Cowboy on a list like that too, I would presume that some hipster rapper is going to is <laughs> using the name now and repurposed it somehow. Oh, so it's not that list, it's MTV's list, which is quite different, but just as pop. MTV is no longer has any authority in making this list. As much as they have what it's like a free Sunday now and they like they try to really stay in hip hop, I feel like they they don't have a really relevant opinion on anything in music anymore. 
unless it's actually a video music award each year. And even then, they're just showcasing a bunch of music and letting stars be on their screens and getting ratings and all that good shit. And I always felt like the MTV Music Awards is about as equivalent to Nickelodeon. <laughs> I haven't watched Nickelodeon Awards in years, though. I still watch the VMAs. It still so. feels like uh, adolescent-driven. Like, that that's actually the audience that would spend the time voting on such things. Right. Uh, so let's all break down everybody and just work our way down the list. First of all, before we do that, who do you think should be on this list that's not on the list? That's not on this list? Yes. J. Cole should be on this list. He had a really hot year. Absolutely. J. Cole put out his debut album, finally, and it was a damn good debut album. And he got no mention on the list at all, which yeah. I completely disagree with. Friday Night Lights was a big album, and it actually was a lot bigger than some of the other people that are on this list, who may have had one single and were mentioned more on other people on the list songs. And then he even dropped... Cold World of Sideline Story and I mean he's got he has he has a gold a platinum single workout that went platinum he has a high radio single that's still high with um with Trey songs he's gonna drop this Missy Elliott joint here pretty soon that it's ridiculous the boy is high and there's no reason he shouldn't be on this list I completely disagree with that and some of the uh the people on this list which I'll talk about a little bit more detail later but an artist like Meek Mill I know of one song from 2011 that he put out. What song is that? Uh, I'm a boss. I'm a boss! And I just wanted to say I'm a boss. If you think about that, okay, so he might have been hot because Maybach music was hot. But Nas put out Nasty not that long ago. And as soon as that came out, everyone was like, best song of the year. While it, it didn't stay relevant very long to, like, people already forgot it by the end of the year when they're talking about everything that happened in the year, I still think that song alone would put Nas, or make Nas more of a valid spot on this list than someone like Meek Mill. Now, another person, actually three persons I just um, looked up and think was left off the list, Pusha T. Pusha T. What do you think about that one? Well, uh, Kanye, I think, really belongs on this list because uh, of the Good Fridays that came out. And the the Good Friday music releases, Pusha T really surprised me. He almost like reinvented himself in my ears by listening to his features on the Good Friday tracks. Pusha T, Fear of God, which is bananas. He got a Pusha had radio play by himself without malice with that feeling myself joint and then he just put out fear of god too he had a track with tyler the creator like right around the time tyler started to get high so push it i feel like he he might have been one of those that was kind of like eh. so i understand him not really making it but i think he could have been on this list uh yeah i had another one but i just thought of tyler the creator i feel like some people might think he should be on that list because odd future was so hot for um when they first really um, blew up after he put the Yonkers video out but i don't think tyler's really there mainstream enough for MTV to be on the list. So that just popped in my head. I just wanted to speak on that. But the other two that I thought of would be Eminem and Royce the Five Nine, who only dropped one of the hottest albums of the year with Bad Meets Evil Project. Bad Meets Evil was very highly anticipated and their singles were on the radio forever. I, I actually think it's not that 
they you know eventually just dwindled down and got replaced i think people just stopped playing it because they were getting so tired of it uh, yeah, exactly. If, it, if that didn't take all the attention away from it, uh, that that song with uh, was it Bruno Mars or whatever singing, I don't yeah, know who the guy was. It, it would have kept playing. Like it, it spun forever, and that was a very big hit this year. And finally, somehow, uh, well, very much with the help of Eminem, Royce of Five Nine was 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 being like rapped to by like little eight year old girls out, you know, listening to the radio. Yeah. Like he somehow yeah. crossed over and got the pop appeal. I don't know how long it'll last, but this year that that was huge. That was a very significant part of the year. They were in the best cipher of OBT hip hop awards, the Shady 2.0 cipher, where Royce dominated Twitter just by going, "I <laughs> Absolutely. And, and like everybody's like tweeting, "I hashtag, I hashtag, I It's like yo, he had to go on Twitter. It was so ridiculous. They got on Twitter for a few days together. It completely overshadowed anything that Slaughterhouse did altogether this entire year. Even bigger than them signing with Shady. So Pretty much. Because yeah. the only one that's really been consistent, I mean, buttons drop here and there, but the only person that's been consistent all year is Crook. Like, I've barely heard anything from Joel, and Joel dropped an album. And I, never, I didn't even listen to it. <laughs> that's how much Joel has kind of fallen off from me. That was a big Joel guy last year. <laughs> Anybody else that comes to mind for you that you think might have been, should have been included? Maybe something that you personally like listened to a lot that came out this year that you thought was really dope? Well, you just put me on to D1 the other day, which uh, which really, really impressed me. I really liked that. Yeah, he's uh, ridiculous. I don't even know when that album came out, but that was enjoyable. But the, was last year. Something I'll point out, and he might not have been on the list because I don't know if he actually had music if he did I wouldn't have cared but I, I still think it's relevant to point out that if you look at the Forbes uh, top 20 earners list that P. Diddy was number two and made a shit ton of cash last year like he made 35 million dollars last year which is more than a lot of the other rappers combined on this list he did drop an album at the end of 2010, though. He did have the Diddy Dirty Money project. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, that did happen. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened to it either. Don't feel bad. So, I mean, he still makes money. Making money easy style. Would it make him easy money, Pippin' Hosen style? Is that what it is, yeah. Mr. Bleak? Let's get into it, though. Okay, so... That's what the people have been waiting for. So we've been putting off, putting off. So then number 10, Wale. Number 10. So, Wale, I feel like, never got respect uh, from people that you would have expected to respect him by default. Uh, like, it's almost something, maybe it's maybe it's D.C. And I respect D.C. as a place on a lot of people from D.C. But it's kind of like New York in the fact that rappers from there can't seem to carry, like, their hometowns and get their hometowns to support them. You can you can ask a ton of New York rappers. They don't, they got to go out of New York. They almost have to escape New York in order to be successful. Not because New York is, is so big, but it's just that New York people don't care if you're from New York. It's like they look down on their own rappers. And I think D.C. does the same thing. And I think Wale's complained a bit about that in the past, about D.C. area stations not playing his music. But finally... Uh, he. Some people said that he sold his soul. Um, I for, forgot who some of the, the big names, the big name bloggers were saying that earlier in the year. But some people say he sold his soul when he went to Maybach Music. But he actually really uh, capitalized on the moment and really built up on the buzz. And while it was mostly features, he did drop some some hot songs. Uh, 
lotus flower bomb whatever and the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a really hot song, but I don't remember the title of it. Uh, and then what was it? Uh, the Black Mercedes song? Or the, I don't even remember. Six Hundred Benz. Six Hundred Benz, yeah, that's it. So you haven't gotten to listen to Ambition, which is the album he just put out. Actually, I have listened to Ambition, and yeah, okay. yeah and, and it wasn't bad. Like it, you always knew by listening to Wale the direction that he was going to go in long term. Anyone that acts surprised by how he's rapping now, didn't ever really listen to his any of his albums because attention deficit. You could tell that like. That, that this was the next step it was a logical was next step it was and and he just further went that like yeah he signed with Rick Ross's label and Rick Ross's big appeal is he's, he's trying to just be a, a hard rapper and that's his selling point but uh, if you listen to this brain trust for MTV uh, one of the big reasons that they say with Rick Ross and we'll, we'll talk about that more later but is that he quote unquote built an empire and he built the empire with rappers like Meek Mill and Wale and while I wouldn't call that an empire he built a label and signed a few either slept on or lesser known rappers to, to be on the label with him but I think it really uh, finally gave Wale some legitimacy to some of the people that really liked Rick Ross for his lyrics and like his persona that he's able to sell and somehow that made Wale legitimate in their eyes but that being still I wouldn't say that Wale was one of the hottest rappers this year. Okay. Uh, let's see. I uh, put, I believe we talked about Wale in earlier episodes. Check those out if you haven't already. Found <laughs> my whole catalog. <laughs> I was a huge Wale fan, and I, I made you into a huge Wale fan, especially of his earlier mixtapes. And then Attention Deficit dropped, and like we said, he really tried to go for mainstream look. And he had the Gaga feature, but mainstream wasn't feeling Attention Deficit is a good album but like he was promoted wrong he was undersold uh, his album was under ship I mean it was right in that weird year between really going digital with it and getting out of physical physical so unless you were a Jay-Z or Wayne they weren't going to ship thousands of units out because they didn't expect you to do those units and so and he kind of got shit on by Interscope by Mark Ronson and everything uh, Ross comes along signs on Maybach music and the one thing I, I don't think he has done, I don't think he's changed too much. His beats have changed, but I still think at the core, he's still fundamentally, fundamentally the same MC. And like, I've, I've watched a lot of his interviews and his vlogs, because like I said, I've, I've always been a big Wale fan since I, did, since I found out about him. And I don't, I think he actually, I think this may be the one place they got it right on this list because I feel like he was hot enough to be relevant because he did have Lotus Flower Bomb he was on the self-made uh, compilation with uh, Ross and Mills he uh, was uh, what else he, he was he was everywhere for a minute I mean he dropped he dropped the mixtape he dropped the 11 what it was 11 11 11 theory he had Barry Sanders joint he had videos coming out of time true he, he really embodies a hot MC at this time. Like, he would probably be almost like a criteria for yes. He deserved to be on this list. MTV got it right, at least about it. So I'm not mad at it either way. Yeah, I don't think I'm mad at him being on the list. It, it's almost, to me, like, it's almost hard to pick 10 really hot rappers in hip-hop for 2011. Because it's almost like there wasn't really 10 super hot rappers. There were a few rappers that did way big numbers for everybody. What I mean, you look at like how much buzz and how much money like Watch the Throne generated. 
and that was like enough albums for like all the hip hop for like one year. Like the, the the buzz was just so incredible that it, it almost shortens the list of five almost on its own. So what do you say, stay or go, Wallace? I'd say stay. Okay. Um, I almost say he can stay on the list. He's my buddy from DC. Anyway, number nine, Wiz Khalifa. You want me to take this? Yeah, go ahead. I never really fucked with Wiz Khalifa that heavy. Um, I liked it. I liked when Say Yeah came out, and then I had uh, he came to Morgantown. He did a uh, corner local bar. I was downstairs trying to talk to so him. This is when we first started the vlog, and then I was like, Hey, yeah, I started a, a hip hop vlog here at Morgantown. Big fan of yours, everything. And he kind of. I mean, it was like three in the morning. He was a dick. I'm over it. <laughs> Earlier this year, though, I decided to finally listen to his mixtape he dropped, Pushin' OJ, which came out in 2009. 2010, I'm sorry. And I got overcame with uh, was Khalifa fever, basically. I Is it like Bieber fever? No. Or is it just no, like a perpetual high? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, I'm talking. So basically, you decide to light up and Liz Cleveland was on the radio. <laughs> You're like, I can relate. <laughs> I went through a weed smoking phase last year. Shut up. <laughs> but I, like I said, I, I started listening to music. Pushing OJ is probably is one of my favorite mixtapes probably in the past five years. It came a lot. Uh, he put out Cabin Fever, which is another mixtape, and that was really good. I bumped that pretty religiously around your wedding. <laughs> and uh, then he put out Rolling Papers, his debut album, which was, yeah, it was okay. It had a couple seconds. Do I think he belongs on the hottest MC list? Uh, I'm going to say no, because he fell off quite heavily from the beginning of 2011 to the end of it. Now, yeah, he did. He does have that movie coming out with Snoop back at Devon Go to High School or whatever. And he, they did put out a soundtrack. He is on the radio now with that Bruno Mars joint with Snoop. But I feel like he should he would have been on the last year's joint. Black and Yellow was a monster at the end of 2010. And Black and Yellow kind of fits the criteria for this list. If he had had a better end of the year, I feel like he could still be on here. But I say they wins being on the I agree. Black and Yellow played for so long, I almost feel like it went into early 2011. It did. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. And so that song alone would have been bigger than anything Wale had done if you would consider that a 2011 joint. The thing, I don't think he belongs on this list, but I will say this about Wiz Khalifa, even though I'm not a fan. Uh, I think that Wiz Khalifa somehow was able to pick up where Snoop is falling off at and it's just almost like he, he's standing in and just taking Snoop's audience and that audience is like hey I like Snoop but I'm too young to remember Jen and Juice but this is cool I'll listen to his stuff until it becomes irrelevant but I'll just I'll listen the fuck out of Wiz Khalifa <laughs> and and I think that Wiz Khalifa will will probably keep growing with that uh, I think it's working out really well for him there's always going to be a weed rapper somewhere in the game, <laughs> and uh, he's kind of fulfilled that role. Like, he stepped in yeah. and, and took it, and it's a very successful role in hip-hop. I mean, Cypress Hill has done it for a really long time. Snoop Dogg made a whole career out of it. Dr. Dre sort of did for a little bit, and it's one of those things that's like, 
hey, it's something that frat boys can listen to, but it's also the same time that everybody on the street corner can listen to. <laughs> and so that is always going to be hot, and the people that are big, loyal Wiz Khalifa fans will probably argue that he should be higher up on this list because they probably really like that, that genre of hip-hop. But that itself, I don't think, really equates to the commercial success and buzz that uh, those people feel like it, it really is. I think that it's such a, a small part of hip-hop that it it's really doesn't make you relevant enough unless you end up with the commercial success that Snoop's had. So, yeah, I don't think he should be on this list either, especially for 2011. And personally, as much as I uh, became a Wiz fan last year, I prefer Currency's music to Wiz's if I want to listen to stoner hip-hop music. Because <laughs> Currency, his work ethic is ridiculous. He's on the edge of being on this list, but he's not mainstream enough. No. He, if Wiz reached back and said, hey, let's do another project now, now that he's huge, they could probably push him on. He's happy where he's at. So, good for you, Currency. But yeah, I would definitely uh, put Cole in for Wiz. I don't know if I'd leave Cole at nine. We're not, we're not trying to make our own list. We're just saying I would put Cole in for Wiz. Okay, so number eight, Big Sean. Big Sean, 2011, drop Finally Famous. Finally which, Famous in this. <laughs> which, uh... If you listen to our previous podcast, I believe he got an award. I don't remember what crazy award that we gave him, but uh, his mixtapes were pretty hot. Uh, the Finally Famous mixtape series. Um, I, I don't remember. Volume 3 came out late last year. Uh, but it was really good, and I had really high hopes for it. He did get a good bit of buzz. Uh, I, I don't know, though, about the list. I'm a little skeptical, because the only thing that really, really uh, got him listened to was a little bit from the Good Friday stuff. Uh, he had a, a really, really nice verse on Looking for Trouble. Right. Uh, which I, I really, really love that. It might not have had the buzz with the rest of hip-hop that it had with me, because it, it just blew up in my iTunes. But Sean was the second biggest star of the Good Friday series of wasn't named Kanye, next to Pusha. Yes. And so if you look at the Good Friday, or he was, he was really hot there, but it really tapered off at the end of the year. Um, other than the the single with Nicki Minaj, which actually is probably the song that makes me not like Big Sean anymore. <laughs> yeah, I figured you would say that. While I really, really like the uh, the MC Hammer sample in it, it's I don't know when you take it for what it's worth, like. The fact that it's just ass repeated over and over again, it's one of those songs that almost is the stereotype of what you would say if you were trying to create a bad song. Yeah, let's see, Big Sean, like we said in the Rock Bells episode, check that out if you haven't. <laughs> um, <laughs> we caught uh, Sean's uh, stage game uh, live and it was, we were pretty impressed and then we checked out the finally famous mixtape he dropped around that same time and that was pretty awesome. He was really good on Good Friday. And uh, then he dropped finally famous the album. Way to not be too redundant there, Sean. Uh, it was finally appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. He wasn't really famous until that album dropped. This is true. Now, his uh, he really he didn't really make a big mark on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. He didn't really have a big feature on there. He was on like a what was it, that Rhea, that Beyonce joint that was like an added bonus track. So his album came out. And he had some joints. I mean, Do It was good. Uh, ass, 
I like ass. I can't help it. I do like ass. <laughs> or rather, dance. Love to see ass. <laughs> um, my favorite song on there was Marvin Gaye and Chardonnay, though. Yes. Featured on Roscoe Dash and Kanye. And then there's another song on there called uh, Celebrity, which he put me on to. That's on the Deluxe Edition. It's not a bad album. And he was doing, like, he had a nice little run, like, around May to, like, July, where his album dropped, where he, he was, like, on a lot of stuff. I mean, my last one, Top 40, I mean, VAQ played a little bit, and VAQ was, like, the Top 40 station in Morgantown, West Virginia, which they have to play a certain set of amount of songs, like, every hour, redundantly, because they're Top 40 station. And for him to crack that, I was, I was really happy for that song. And I feel like he, he should be on the list. Um, again, it's one of those things where towards the end of the year he fell off. Like, he had his own tour in the middle, and you didn't really hear too much out of him. I mean, he did drop the ass remix with uh, Nicky, like you said, towards the end. I think they got him right at the bottom of the list. So they're, they're kind of right with him, too. I would probably put him, I'd rather have him at nine. And I just said that I'm not going to make my own list. I'm sitting here making my own list. But I say he can stay on the list. What do you think? Well, I'm conflicted because when Ass came out, it was more a bigger hit because of Nicki Minaj. Because it was more around Nicki Minaj's buzz when Nicki's uh, Pink Friday album was coming out. And so I feel like she kind of stole the show on that because everyone's paying attention to Nicki. And it's the girl shaking her ass in a video called Ass. And she did, and she did, because honestly, I, you're right, because um, as, I mean, the song was on the album, and they didn't put the remix out until months later, and then and that's when Top 40 started picking up the ass remix. I mean, there were certain, like, urban stations playing it, like, playing the regular version, but it really took off a little bit more once Nicki was in it, and once Nicki's high-profile assets joined the, joined the party. So, uh, I, I see what you mean. This is the way I look at it. So, he definitely did really, really good last year. I mean, I, I remember at some point overhearing this conversation at a bus stop where this this girl was saying, yeah, I'm, I'm all about hip hop. I know lots about hip hop. I know who Big Sean is. And that's just one of those things where you just kind of shake your head a little bit. Like that, that is not a validating statement for what you were trying to say. No, but no, no. the fact that she does know who he is at least means that he penetrated more ears than he probably was with just off his mixtapes. He people know who Big Sean is. A lot of people who didn't come in 2009 when we went to Rock the Bells or 2000. I don't even know what year it was. 2010. 2010. A lot of people had no idea who he was. I had no idea who he was until uh, Rock the Bells. But you know, I'm a, the minority that got to go to Rock the Bells. So uh, he really is really building his brand, so to speak. But when I look at his year overall, it's almost like a team that makes a really hot run, but then doesn't make the playoffs. <laughs> nice, I like that one. So it's like the Boston Red Sox. Oh, painful. Fuck you, buddy. I know. I am a Red Sox fan. That's why I feel like I can say that. They they did terrible. Started out terrible. Then went, became like one of the hottest teams and then just didn't finish. Right. So that, that's my view on, on Big Sean. I, I can understand some people would make the argument to put him on here, but I still don't think it was that hot. I think next year we're going to really see what Sean's made of. Because Sean's working on his next album. Uh, they got the good music compilation they're working on now. Um, so both of those projects are hopefully coming out next year. I think the sophomore album will really tell us what we need to know about Sean as far as his future. No sophomore curse? I don't see. He could have a sophomore curse. 
but it's gonna happen to better rappers. <laughs> Let's go to number seven, Meek Mill. Meek Mill. I'm. <laughs> Meek Mill is one of those rappers where you're always wondering if you're saying his name right. It's almost like how a lot of people say Joe Budden, Joe Buttons. Yeah. For the longest time, I was saying Meek Mills, and uh, I he's in that same category to me as Waka Flocka, where I'm like, I don't oh, know damn. if this this guy even knows how to read. Oh, damn. <laughs> but, damn. <laughs> that ain't that bad. I, it's just it's. Perhaps it's a it's a younger brand of hip hop than I'm kind of a hip hop snob. I really am. I admit it. I understand it's a problem. You gotta have you gotta be hip hop snob if you do a podcast about hip hop. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some would say it's kind of sheer. <laughs> I, I I'd like to talk about hip hop, but I'm not gonna say that one generation of hip hop is better or worse than another. But it's just it's not my uh, cup of tea. <laughs> but Meek Mill. I think out of all the top 10 rappers that they have here on this list, he's the least deserving. I think he's the Chris Bosch of hip hop in 2011. I think he got on a hot label and you know, every year in hip hop, there is some label that just signs a bunch of rappers and they are the hot thing for that year and they sell a bunch of records and then somebody comes and replaces them. You know, it's death row one year, it's bad boy the next year, it's cash money another year, it's that sort of thing. And I think Maybach music, <laughs> I think Maybach music was that at, at a very uh, significant part of this year. And I think Mick, Mick Mill was the Chris Bosch because he rode in on the buzz of a lot of other rappers. And I, like I said, I'm boss is the only thing I can even remember him on this year. And I almost feel like I know his work prior to 2011 a lot better than I do of his work in 2011. That's why I don't think he belongs on the list. Damn. Nice rant, bro. <laughs> uh, Meek Mill. I'm gonna give out. I'm agree with you. I don't think he should be on the list. One, the reason Meek is high is because of Maybach Music and Rick Ross. If there was no self-made album, he would still be making mixtapes, just trying to get his grind on a Philly or whatever, and he would still be on the scale he was at. Ross put him in position to win. Tupac back that beat and then with I'm a boss and then with the um the t- the joints that they did like the when they're all four of them was on there because Pill was a part of Maybach music for a little bit too um I mean they don't get me wrong self-made is a dope album self-made volume one album would have been dope without me too he happened to be in the right place at the right time Chris Bosch right ears you're right you're right you're right <laughs> he just so happened to be a free agent right with LeBron and Dwayne were free agents so uh and then to put him at number seven that that's the biggest shocker is that if you're gonna put him on the list maybe by the skin of his teeth number 10 in some people's eyes but who on crack is putting him at number seven he's not hotter than Wale just cause his singles off of the, of the self-made joint was bigger than what Wale did Wale put out ambition he put out an album he put out a mixtape and Wale had dope ass singles on that same thing Wale singles weren't Wale didn't do singles that were club ready like Mick did he did um, uh, that way which did mad radio play still and uh, he had a 600 bands joint 600 bands could have called on but 600 bands and Tupac back son so like radio went with Tupac and I don't feel like he's hotter than now, as far as Meek Mill goes as an MC, his voice, it's, it's, it has his moments. Like, sometimes it's like, I right, yeah, I'm fucking with it. Other times it's like, I, I'd rather leave. 
Like seriously, I put him below everybody in state property and probably about four other dudes that are fulfilling that rap. Cause he's just in the right place at the right time. He has some joints. It's, he's just in the right. He's on the right team, and that aggravates me. Like that Chris Bosh reference couldn't be more accurate. Or when you said that, it's just like I'd rather have. I would so much rather listen to Young Chris, Beanie Siegel, Petey Crack. Um, it's not Petey Crack oh, anymore. Petey Pete. Petey Pete. No, he went back to Petey Crack. Oh, did he? Yeah, he went back to being gay. Oh. Um, <laughs> I don't think he should be on this list. His, he didn't drop an album. And he's riding coattails. He is basically uh, one of those uh, uh, veterans that the Lakers used to sign in the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> right now, that's how I feel about me. By me. <laughs> but you know, I, I don't even mean to hate on him. I know I said that about Waka Flocka, in which I, I, I probably would hate on more. But uh, I, I don't even mean to disrespect him. I just don't think it's uh, where they, they want to put him at on here. I, like, I just don't think he belongs on the list. So. I don't think he's ready yet. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, number six, I'm sure you have plenty to say about. And I I actually am shocked that he is number six on this list. Everybody was. So by number six, just to remind you, because it's been a while since we told you the whole list, number six is Jay-Z. And for someone to put out Watch the Throne, which album of the year, easy, I have no comprehension of how he's not in the top five. Or top three. How how many times, Kellen, did they perform in Paris <laughs> in a row at some of their live shows? Towards the end of the show, they hit ten times. That was the most they did it. And they're about to go on the European tour, so it may go even further than that. As if hip-hop wasn't redundant as it is. To be able to make, I talked about the Forbes top earner list earlier, and he was totally at the top of it. Yes. I mean, he out earned Beyonce, which is crazy for the first time since they've been married. And a lot of that was based off of, well, a lot of it was also off his uh, his live performance uh, contract with uh, whatever that was. Yeah, with, with that. But Watch the Throne garnered so much buzz. Like, it, it was just unbelievable. Like, I knew a week in advance when the video was dropping because everyone was talking about it non-stop like I almost wish I could just like censor Jay-Z and Kanye on my Twitter for a week so I could actually read legitimate tweets that weren't about that because everyone's talking about the video that isn't even out yet and you don't get that sort of buzz for videos anymore no. and it, it was just so big he made so much money got so much buzz made him legitimate artist of the year easily uh, or at least somewhere way beyond top six I, I'm, I'm really shocked uh, where do I begin Niggas in Paris sounds as fresh as the day I first heard it in August to this day easily it doesn't matter I can listen to the song ten times in a row and then an hour later come back and listen to it ten times in a row he sat down with Kanye West arguably the most Twisted, <laughs> beleaguered, tortured soul, genius, tortured genius in the hip hop industry, in the music industry. And they made an album. They they were so secretive about it. This album didn't even leak until the day it hit digital. 
it did not leak at all. That was how tight security was on this fucking album. That's the first album that has leaked since 2000. Since 1995, <laughs> baby. And it's easily, in my opinion, the best album of 2011. Made in America, Why I Love You, Welcome to the Jungle, Otis, Niggas in Paris. There's like maybe three verses on the whole album where Jay did fucking Ham? Don't forget about Ham. Yeah, you got Jay on Ham. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, they were both on it. Like, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, Jay got hit. Yeah, yeah, hey, I'm definitely because Jay, Jay kind of sucks. Jay likes him. He likes him. <laughs> Get that him away from Jay. Well, let me remind you of another thing that happened in 2011. What? So, I don't know why it got so much attention, but 2011, early 2011. Everyone was talking about is Jay Z a part of the Illuminati? Oh God, Illuminati! Which you know is, is preposterous. Whatever. If he wants to be part of a secret society, it, it, let's just entertain that preposterous idea that that Jay Z is part of some elite secret society. Whatever. Who cares? But for whatever reason, people were talking about it all the time. Like they talked about that more than they talked about the baby and the baby thing. I don't even know where to start because it's a baby and people talked about the baby forever before it was even born that it was going to be born about its entire experience in the hospital and people talked about the Illuminati thing more than that <laughs> how? I don't understand it's like that was the one of the biggest uh, subjects this year aside from like Rihanna and Chris Brown in the hip hop gossip uh, realm I, I don't know anything that got talked about more than that uh, this year that alone, I mean, rappers want people talking about them. I mean, there's PR episodes that happen, you know, uh, Janet Jackson can flash her nipple or whatever, and people are suddenly talking about Janet Jackson again after wondering what she put out for like five years. People, you know, people do this on purpose to have people talking about them. One of the things that this MTV list is supposed to be about is about, you know, people talking about it, about Facebook lights, about people talking about it on Twitter. And in the hip hop world, everyone's talking about Jay Z at almost every point this year. At some point, you can't say that about most of the people on this list. You can't even say that about Kanye, which is a surprise because Kanye is always trying to be in everything. Kanye like fell off of Twitter after his album was out. No one talked about him for a good like three or four months. I'm still mad that. That I was duped by Kanye. I'm like, oh man, Kanye's on Twitter. He's saying whatever he feels like. It's awesome. Three weeks before the album dropped, he's like, eh, <laughs> I've done what I can. <laughs> he uses it sporadically and he goes on like 50 tweet rants now. There's no point in even following him because all the blogs will just show his exact words later. So, Jay yeah. should be higher, is the main point. Absolutely. There's no reason. They had the biggest tour of the year, they had the biggest album of the year. MTV tried to say, oh, well, he wasn't really around until Otis dropped because he was recording Watch the Throne. The fuck? Well, like, serious. The, you, you touched on a good point about the uh, the concert uh, of the year, or the, the tour of the year. Name another rapper, any rapper besides Kanye, who was on the tour with him, that had that big of a tour in 2011. You can't. <laughs> you can't, because... Wayne, the only other closest thing was Wayne's I Am Music tour too when he first got out of prison. That was kind of big, but it's not Watch the Throne big. But people were talking about that because he was out of jail. Not actually for music that he created. And after the first few shows, like whatever, like 
Lil Wayne took some shots at uh, Jay Z. Does that every now and then, and it doesn't matter. Like he he can get him. Like he deserves to be on this because everyone talked about him. We'll talk about Lil Wayne when we get to Lil Wayne. But nothing came close. Uh, Jay Z and Kanye stole the show with Watch the Throne this year. Even if you don't like Watch the Throne, it was the biggest thing in hip hop in 2011, hands down. And he deserves to be at least in the top five. So I- I'm yes. going to stop driving home that same point. Jay should be on this list, and Jay should definitely be top three. That I think we can both agree on that, correct? Absolutely. And just as a reminder, if you look at this list, 2007, Jay-Z was number seven. 2008, Jay-Z was number two behind Kanye West. 2009, Jay-Z was number one. 2010, number two. Like, that's that's pretty damn consistent. Yeah, ridiculously consistent. And Watch the Throne was also RapRadar.com's best album of the year. I just wanted to make a comment about that because it thought it popped in my head. <laughs> and on a <laughs> so side note, I, read it. I really respect Elliot. Elliot's my dude, man! I can't follow him on Twitter because he just he retweets like everything in the planet, but yeah. I, I there are very few people that high up in the industry that I, I think actually are down to earth about what's going on in hip hop. You know, I actually think that Elliot Wilson is one of the people that that is. So uh, big shout to to Rap Radar. He follows me and he replies to me. Wow. I know. HHMYN connection. <laughs> that's that's what he would tweet and then he would tweet like forty rappers replying to him. Uh shout out to Jesus Why. Alright, number five. Is number we said we would talk about it later, and later wasn't that much later. Number later five is now, ladies and gentlemen. Is the alien himself. Dwayne Carter, aka Fresh Out of Prison, into the studio, once in a row, back into your hearts, America. I'll take this one first. Because, uh, yeah. So Wayne got out of prison in early 2011. And he immediately he was he laid low for a while. He, uh, he uh, stayed home um, was with his family and stuff. And then uh, start hearing little snippets. He did join Birdman, and then six foot seven foot hit. And I'm like, oh yeah. my god, this is dope. This reminds me of a Billy. I like this song a lot. I like this. Wayne's re-energized. He's been away for a year. He's ready. To, he's ready to do some real music. I, I'm gonna enjoy this. And. He did a couple more mix, uh, he did some remixes, went out on tour, and I'm hearing more stuff, stuff's coming out, I'm like, eh, it's getting a little weaker, but it's still dope to hear New Wayne and everything, and then he dropped arguably one of his worst singles, and he's put out a lot of songs, ladies and gentlemen. He has more songs on the top, like Billboard Top 10 or something, than Jay-Z. Yeah, Jay has most number one albums. Yes, yeah. I mean, we're just talking about singles here, so. Who cares about singles? Number one album, Eleven Sun, Jay Z, Respect Home. But he, he slowly started to kind of go back into old Wayne, this thing. And then he dropped the worst song, his worst song ever, personally. He dropped How to Love. He pushed his album back because nobody was fucking with How to Love. And then. How to Love was being fucked with on the radio, I can tell you that, unfortunately. Right. right. And he put out Sorry for the Wait, that mixtape. He had like two good joints in there. It was like 12 tracks. It was like, I deleted it because I listened to it. And then he dropped the Carter Four, which was very unimpressive, especially when he had 
interludes with an album featuring other rappers that were hotter than some of his full songs. And then he kind of quality, he kind of he kind of came back up a little bit because his features on Take Care on Drake's album I thought were really good. And then he, that was in the year it was over. Wayne, it's about right, I think. I think Five suits him. I don't think he should be before Jay, but we've already said that. I think Five or Four is best suited for Wayne. Absolutely. The problem with Wayne, Wayne records all kinds of music. He has such a huge fan base that he doesn't have to try anymore, so he doesn't. When he does, it's a rare it's a rare moment. You kinda have to enjoy the fact that someone who is really good at rapping is on his shit. But most of the time Wayne's off his shit. And I don't even think he's going surf anymore. It's just he didn't he's like he's the biggest rapper in hip hop. Jay and Wayne had the best album. He is the biggest rapper in hip hop and it doesn't matter what he does. He can record himself taking the shit for four minutes. The kids are still gonna buy it and the single will go flat on my tune. Sounds like Pootie Tang. Pootie <laughs> Tang! <laughs> you know, I got this love hate relationship with, with Lil Wayne. For all the Carter mixtapes that came out, I just, I just didn't listen to him. I actively avoided them. And he represents a lot of things in hip hop I don't like. But then there are certain times that verses that he'll spit or little little lines and bars he'll, he'll drop will get stuck in my head. Uh, I, I think the, the last one I can remember was his verse on "Look at Me Now" with uh, Chris Brown oh, yeah. and uh, and Busta Rhymes. That was a dope song. And I remember you actually are the one who uh, you put me onto that song off his album. It's good before I even listened to it. Yeah, because you said you're gonna do a freestyle to whatever beat if you reached I don't know some goal, and then I told you that, and you're like, "What? You're telling me to spit over a Little Wayne song that I haven't even heard of yet?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I was really giving a chance because I was like, "Wow, okay, this guy can do whatever he wants," and I kind of respected that. But at the same time, all it takes is seeing Lil Wayne come out in like super skinny leopard print pants one time. Female jacket. And, and you don't even want to say that out loud. Like, I've, I've already put this out to the world that I'd like some Lil Wayne songs this year and I feel like I need to shower after that. <laughs> but I, I gave him, I kind of give him a chance every now and then he really surprises me. But... I'm definitely not a Lil Wayne fan, but it doesn't matter. He is one of the biggest rappers in hip-hop easily. I, I totally agree with you on that. But the, the area that I give him all the respect is for all of the work with Cash Money and the rappers that Cash Money has brought to the rest of the world. So you look at Drake and Nicki Minaj, both also on this list. It's kind of like Rick Ross having his two people on there. Right. And at a lot of times, they easily outshined uh, Lil Wayne, but it doesn't matter. Like, at, at, at times of the year, like Nicki Minaj, everyone's talking about her and didn't really, no one was really caring about Lil Wayne or everyone's talking about Drake, but not talking about Lil Wayne. But if you put all three of them in a room, I think they're all going to be looking up to Lil Wayne like he's the... He's the boss, but he's the more senior, like, veteran rapper, and they both respect him, and he he knows how to do business. Like, he, he understands how hip-hop works, and he's being very successful with it. Wayne, or I'm sorry, Drake was is so on Wayne's dick right now. Like, Take Care is full of him talking about how great Wayne is and how much he inspired him. 
and him using lines or using full songs and make it into ballads. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, like, but the thing is, when Drake got hot uh, three years ago at this point, he's talking about uh, I'm a big fan of Fonte and, and uh, all these other rappers have really inspired me. And, and now he's like Wayne, Wayne, Wayne. Uh, like we were in the car listening to uh, like I'm an up and I'm like no, no, you weren't. I mean. Maybe because it was on the radio, but no, no, that was like he's. But that's then I don't even think Wayne's making him do it. That's just respect for where he has put him in his career. Between him and Birdman, there's no Drake. Pretty much, Drake is still doing what Drake's doing. Drake may have blown up by now if he had stayed on the path he was before he hooked up with Wayne. But he has a lot to thank Wayne for. So. I see your point about the business side. Yeah. So yeah, he definitely deserves to be on this list. Uh, he was big. He was very big this year. And second to uh, both Kanye and Jay-Z, in my opinion, he was he had a very, very big year. Like people were talking about Lil Wayne on and off the entire year and he had his hands in a little bit of everything. Yes he did. He was on every once again, Wayne is on everybody's shit. He was on motivation, Kelly Rowland's big single, like the biggest single of her career. He did the um, Hustle Hard remix and most people like his remix better than like Ace Hood's original version, but it's Ace Hood. Um, <laughs> he was on Look At Me Now. He was on one of the biggest summer anthems. I'm on one. So yeah, he is everywhere. You're absolutely right. But uh, you want to move on to number four? We both said he's going to, he's going to stay on the list. So. Yeah, yeah. So number four uh, was Nicki Minaj. And I, I did just say that she kind of outshined. But I think Lil Wayne belongs higher than Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj this year put out Pink Friday and she did gather, she did a very successful online campaign to build up the buzz for Pink Friday. But Pink Friday was bubblegum. Yes. You listen to it and you're like, wow, after all the features that she was on, on every other song, like she outshined rappers with way more skill than her on songs uh, like Monster. Monster, yeah. Uh, like she was on a couple R and B like songs, like uh, Deuces or Bottoms Up, uh, songs like that. Like, and uh, what was the joint? Oh, uh, My Chick Bad with Luda. Yeah, she was just killing rappers like that. As I just said, were better than her on uh, featured uh, verses, and it just looked like the sky was the limit for her. And then somewhere, she got kind of weird. She was always a little bit weird, but. Pink Friday came out. Yeah, for real. And I don't know, maybe she's got people in her circle telling her what she needs to do to make her a star. And while it did make her a star, you could really see as soon as Pink Friday came out that it's it's more than pop. Like it's it's pop music trying to be more pop. (laughs) And it's it can't be categorized any other way. It is the polar opposite of every single feature verse that she had prior to that. And I... It might... Did it go platinum? Uh, it probably went platinum. I think it did. I think it, it did a little bit. But either way, I still think that a lot of people uh, didn't look at that as being a very successful album. So... I think she deserves to be on this list because of all the work that she did for the featured verses. It really carried over from last year. And like S, very, very good this year. Uh, uh, not is very successful. A lot of people were talking about her. But for the album that she put out this year, I think it was garbage. I think it was absolute garbage. 
And but she got a lot of plays even off of that. Like Super Bass came out. Super Bass was on the radio. Super Bass, dude. I did. I did a uh, Angel as a, a middle school teacher. You know that, of course, and telling the listeners. And uh, I did uh, their dance like last Friday. And you know what song got the biggest response tonight for the girls? Super Bass. I played that, and all these girls like. Ah! And these are like. These are like country, uh, semi-country city girls in West Virginia going nuts for Super Bass. I would have thought it had been like maybe an LMFAO song that's like more recent, or even a Beaver song. No, it was Super Bass. Went nuts. Lost her shit. But when you think about hip-hop and the hip-hop demographic, which isn't really like the little kids... <laughs> It, it just it wasn't as successful there uh, as it was for you know some of the other audiences but either way she didn't make big waves in hip-hop with that album or anything no one's gonna be putting like that album will be forgotten over time uh, I really had high hopes for her because what I said about Wiz Khalifa kind of becoming the modern day Snoop Dogg everyone knows that for a while Mickey Minaj was becoming the modern day little Kim and you know much to the chagrin of little Kim. Uh, it, she just was not that hot this year to put her that high up on the list. I think Sean had a better year than her, honestly. And I kind of feel like maybe Lay even had a better year than her, but I'm, I'm pretty biased. <laughs> uh, Nikki, I listened to Pink Friday, and I was hoping for, I was just hoping for some glimpses of Monster Nikki. I was like, oh, I just want to leave two or three joints where she just rips shit down. It's going to be fucking awesome. I wanted a hard Nikki album. I think we've said this before. <laughs> that we definitely wanted, wanted Nikki rapping and not Nikki making songs. Yeah. And Pink Friday was not that. Now I'm trying to see if it if it went platinum or not. Um, let's see. It sold yes. It sold more than 1.7 million copies in the United States. And who knows what it's done worldwide. Pink Friday was okay. Had a lot of her singing on it, which I've never been a fan of because she really can't sing. She can hold a certain note, and then they layer it so many times. It sounds like she can sing. When did Recovery come out? Recovery came out in 2010. It came out a week after Drake came out. Take care. I mean, uh, Take Me Later came out. Nikki had such high hopes. And like I said, Super Bass is a cool song. My favorite song off the album was Going For Life. I'm glad she made that a single. Fly with Brianna was okay. And then she had the song that really got on radio, which was uh, Your Love. But it's your love, whatever. But since the album, I was hoping it was like, okay, she got her first album out. She got a buzz. She has a name. Like, maybe she will get back to um, doing more hip-hop shit and everything, but she's gotten more into doing the, the techno radio thing, and of course her, her personas and her outfits have gotten crazier, a la Gaga, but now she's doing David Guetta songs, and she's doing, what What else was she on? She did a um, Sean Kingston remix, she's all over the radio, and even her newest single she just put out, Starships, is straight radio love. Like, she has transitioned herself from a rapper to a pop, to a pop artist, pretty much. Yeah. She is. She's not even stra- straddling the line anymore. And you can't say when she's like, rah, 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 when she does that. No, she's not rapping. That's her doing a character. She's doing her Roman Zelensky character. She's bringing you these characters that people can 
latch onto and stuff. It's kind of like Gaga does the same thing with all her outfits when she came out as a dude at the VMAs and shit. That's totally what I mean by the people in her circle telling her what she needs to do to be a star. Because there's this this thing about celebrity that if you act like a normal person, you won't be a star. You almost need to live out the rock star-like stereotype in order for other people to regard you as being that celebrity. And bigger than life. Yes, and, and so Gaga does it because that is how she became famous. Like, if she was just making those songs, she would be just another Mandy Moore sort of type person where you're like, oh yeah, she sold a bunch of records. Some people thought she was cute, she was on some magazines, and then you'll forget about her and you know, over like two or three years. But by Gaga Gaga makes songs that everybody's gonna like at some point. Oh yeah, yeah, I totally agree. But you know, with the meat costumes and things like that, it's <laughs> she she's just learning that that's the thing that you need to do to be bigger than life. And while Nicki Minaj is smart when it comes to, you know, how to make money and how to make herself uh, long-lasting, I guess. It's not exactly the best model for making good hip-hop. She definitely has transitioned herself to a pop category, and it's it's good for her, you know, that you've reached that point where you can be mainstream and you can sing and you can drop a verse every now and then, and you have all your little Barbie fans and like you have the fan base that will fuck with you on that level. But I I personally appreciate um, Birdman put out the single. I'm sure you might have missed it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Birdman and Wayne and Nikki's on it. Nikki killed that joint. She did the hook and she did the rum. I mean, she was really good on the ass remix. She was on Drake's album. She was on Take Care and she nailed that verse on there. But she doesn't have to do it. So it's the same thing with Wayne. Why do it when you don't have to? When you can do the easy shit. Yeah. When you transition. And that's why Nikki shouldn't be on this list because she's not an MC anymore. She is a pop artist. <laughs> you just said that about Birdman. And every time I hear his name, I've read so much Two Dope Boys now that I just think bird shit. Because bird shit. every time they say to <laughs> say anything about Birdman, they gotta cross it out and put bird shit. And I've just been reading it so long, it's just stuck in my head now. Much respect to Two Dope Boys, man. Like I don't, I don't read the blog anymore as much because they put a lot of stuff on there that I really didn't have any interest in, and I was wasting my time with my Google Reader reading all that stuff. <laughs> but uh, they, uh, they've always been. Big, I've always been a big fan of Shake and Mecca, so shout out to 2 That's a pretty top-quality hip-hop blog. Yes, it is. I actually, I don't know one better. Rap Radar. <laughs> I, I think of Rap Radar as being more like a hip-hop portal than I do anything else, like a uh, Yahoo. You know, like there's a lot more on it than just, just a blog. Yeah, that's true. I like the blog, Charles Hamilton. All right, so we're in the top three now. Uh, number three, Kanye West. And I almost feel like most everything we said about Jay-Z, a lot of it carries over to Kanye. Yeah, um, you said Nicki goes off the list too, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, no, no, well, she had a big year. I, I think I said earlier that she belongs on the list maybe, but definitely not that high up. She was, she was hot for a while. But Kanye West overshadowed himself with the, uh, the Watch the Throne album and tour and all the merchandising that comes with it 
<laughs> because with Kanye, he, you know, uh, Dark Twisted Fantasy, it came out 2011. 2010. Oh, 2010? It was November, son. Oh, it was November. Okay. It was late enough. It was close enough. It was one of those, like that Lupe album that you said, I would include <laughs> the cool came out like well December. he was able to ride the waves after that and good friday was definitely in 2011 and i've never been so excited about stuff with the, the good friday stuff i was just completely engrossed in it like every week i'm like waiting for friday and hitting like f9 on my keyboard a billion times like i gotta get that new kanye and i wait till like 4 a.m saturday yeah or some days it wouldn't even drop right and be like the day after oh i forgot <laughs> I was done. I just didn't hit send. I hip hop doesn't have that many cliffhangers for me, and Good Friday just blew me away because it was just like he decided to sign a bunch of rappers that weren't just good business because it wasn't always good business. Like Saeed the Prince is not going to go uh, platinum anytime soon. You don't like Saeed? No, I, I I do like him, but I'm saying business wise, he, he he's not going to put up numbers like that. If oh, he does, yeah, he I'd be very happy for him. But yeah, and I d- totally mispronounced his name. But the thing is, he put it together a bunch of rappers that he respected their music, and you know maybe they had good chemistry, and he decided that fuck it, we're gonna make the music that we want, and we're gonna do it for free. Like there were no albums being sold there. That was all just we're gonna put it together. And I had a tremendous amount of respect. Plus, some very awesome songs came out. And I just had a lot of respect for Kanye at that point. And that was before the Watch the Throne stuff came out. Right. And so, I I don't know. I'm kind of surprised that he's above Jay-Z. Um, yeah, but, me too. But you know what? I, if I saw it there, I don't even think I would complain too much about it. Like, if I really, really thought about the year overall, yeah, I would say Jay-Z. But I, I don't think I would have any hurt feelings or anything. I would be offended as a, a hip-hop snob. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the reason Ye is higher on this list anyway is because he was involved musically on Watch the Throne and Jay wasn't. Jay was just lyrics and Ye was all about the whole sound of the project. I mean, Ye was, you know, Ye listened to every single snare, every single drum, every single sample, and like millions upon millions of times. Like and he was so engrossed in the whole project. That's why I think he got the, the added nod. But I would probably still put like Ye is the uh, one of two people in this list I would put ahead of Jay. And the thing is, um, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. He didn't try to carry it past um, past uh, what Runaway was last. I mean, the Runaway video came out. And then all the lights video came out. And then that was that was kind of it. I mean, of course, like I said about Jay when he was quiet earlier in the year, he's recording Watch the Throne. He was going to Paris and wherever they were recording in the hotel in New York and stuff at the Mercer, recording Watch the Throne. Understandable. But I feel like he had a project still where he could have pushed more songs. I held off listening to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy until probably February of last year. And that one came out in November just because I was so overwhelmed and I was really pissed off at how the Runaway short film that kind of spoiled all the songs for me. When I finally sat down and listened to it as a whole, it was such a dope fucking album that he could have easily pulled two more singles and pushed it to the point where people would have been like, man, Ye's been on the radio all year long. But he's like, oh, I don't got to. I'm going to go record with Jay-Z. <laughs> and the thing is, Ye... This was a huge thing for Ye, Mr. Ego himself. He allowed himself to be on an album with Jay-Z. 
and he's always called Jay's big brother and everything. But pretty much, I'd say a good, uh, let's say 65% of the time, he got out-rapped on out. And it was, the thing is, even though he got out-rapped, his shit was still dope. It's not like he's doing garbage verses. He's just rapping with Jay-Z. That's to be expected. Yeah, like, In Paris is only a hit, not because of Jay-Z. Well, it's because of the beat, and that shit crazy is somehow infectious in your head. That shit crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, it's ridiculous. It's, like, it was it, it was such a meeting of the minds, because you always hear about these, oh, we're going to do the super album, and, but, like, you can even go back to Best of Both Worlds, where um, R. Kelly and Jay tried to do it, and it was more like, R. Kelly did a song, or track notes in a bit, send a beat, R. Kelly would sing, Jay would do a verse or two, next song. And, but this was a complete collaborative project. And there was even a documentary that came out where you saw them in, out of the country sitting there recording and talking to each other and having people come by the Mercer when they like showed the New York footage and Jay sitting there working on his rhymes and stuff. You saw how involved they were with each other. They said they had fights about songs on his, on his album. It was just such a big deal. And honestly, Jay orchestrated it all. I can't, I still don't think Jay, like Jay respects Jay, yes. But I don't think Jay said to Jay, let's do an album together. No, that was Jay going, Jay, Jay, hey Jay, hey Jay, let's do an album together. It'd be crazy, my nigga, it'd be crazy, my nigga, it'd be crazy. Because that's how, every time I see him in a video, and he's actually talking, he's always over the top and stuff. And he pushed for it, Jay agreed to it, and he made, arguably, one of the albums that could go down as like one of the greatest hip-hop collaborative albums of all time that's not made by a standard group. I, can, and, I totally agree with that. Kanye West yeah. is like the Steve Jobs of hip hop. Yeah, in a way. With, except Steve Jobs never offended Taylor Swift. Now, Ye also he he was on a couple. I mean, he was on one of the biggest singles off of Katy Perry's album. Yeah. Katy Perry um, broke Michael Jackson's record with uh, six um, number one albums off the same album. Really? He, yes. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. That that disturbs me. It does me too. That's not the point. The point is... Is that like taking inflation into account? <laughs> like, there's a lot more people now listening to, like, hits than when Michael Jackson was around or something. I don't know. I feel, I feel like it was fraud. I think one of the albums was like, one of them, they were just like, oh, she's number two, let's just give it to her. Sorry, having that, letting that black guy out the record. <laughs> Wait, so... Give it to the white girl. What song was he on with her? He was on uh, E.T. Oh, yeah, yeah. Th- th- throw your hands in the sky right now, that thing. And then there was the top 40 version that they took the rap off of. But no, no, that, that was one. a huge song for her. I, I don't even I, know what song I'm thinking. He, he was on some other girls. Uh, what's the push my button? The push, uh, push Sex drive, push to start. What's that? Who's that? Uh, I don't know. Dev? <laughs> I think. Whatever. That got pushed down my throat here. Uh, into my ear. Oh, really? Uh, on the radio here. But... Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's weird when you look back at a year and you're like, hey, he was on a lot more shit than I even realized. Right. And, I mean, he, he produced on Nicki's album. He rapped on Nicki's album. He did a lot of features. He did He did T.I.'s album at the end of the year. I mean, he was working with everybody. He, he just, When he was in that mode of doing, working with everybody and doing a good Friday and working on my beautiful dark fantasy, he did a lot of stuff that carried into the early year. It wasn't new material. It wasn't him pushing... Um, his own singles but at the same time it was him being relevant still 
So I'm okay with him being in front of Jay. I don't think lyrically he's put in Jay this year, but I'm never probably gonna say that. Well, remember, they're putting a lot of other factors into their their uh, computations here. And and I'll, I'll go as far as to say that he may be tied for the second most biggest artist in hip hop currently, behind like it's Wayne and then him tied with Drake and then Project. Honestly, when, if you're thinking taking it into the youth. Even though the youth will be like, what about Gucci Man? Fuck Gucci Man, little kid. I don't care about Gucci Man. I just want to say that. <laughs> but uh, I'm okay with uh, Ye's spot on this list, and he is one of two that can stay on the list above Jay. And then uh, number two, Drake. I, I don't even understand how this could have happened, because Drake was just super big in 2010. Super big. Like, I didn't think that the stars could align any better for Drake's career in 2010. And the thing was, I mean, it, it was just perfect. Like, he had all the right features at all the right times, and everyone wanted him on their album. Every single person. And, he, like, he had this perfect balance of fans that, like, appreciated all his work uh, before he was big, and all these people that like the pop appeal of Drake and Drake was never trying to be too hard at one point in time and so he just focused on really good lyrics uh, even though there are some uh, exceptions to that where he decided to have his love fest with Cash Money and really let their stuff kind of <laughs> fall into his music but everything was perfect like he looked like at some point in time over the next year or two, and this is went back in 2010, that it seemed like he could even eclipse like someone like Jay-Z like over time. You're like, wow, like he is improving like with every track. Like there are, there was a feature I remember that he was on uh, with Bun B and he had some some crazy lines in it. And we're like, God damn, like, it just completely blindsided me when we were listening to it in the car. Yeah, and I just thought that the sky was the limit for Drake and then 2011 happened and Take Care came out and if you listen to the MTV Brain Trust there is one lady there I don't know who she was but she was like it was one of the best albums of the year and Take Care is one of those albums that I don't think that everyone has the same opinion of it even people that like it there's a lot of people that are like eh, Take Care eh, you know like, yeah, yeah. even if they like it, they're like, it, it was just kind of an awkward album in comparison to uh, the, his previous album. And the year overall, I don't know, he had some big hits. Like, he definitely deserves to be on this list. Like, I'm On One was really, really big. Like, that was so a Drake song. But he sang a whole lot. <laughs> he almost loses points. And they even say that in the, the Brain Trust thing, too. But Drake, at some point fell off a little bit and it really kind of surprised me uh i don't think that drake has that same name appeal or that he had beforehand like now it's almost like he somehow polarized that fan base that he had that that perfect fan base between the underground fans and the pop fans and all of those yeah he somehow polarized them maybe because he got so successful so quick that uh, I don't know. It changed his music. It changed his fan base, and I, I don't really understand what happened to Drake in 2011. I'm going to disagree with you, sir. That's okay. 
that's okay. I personally think Drake should be number one on this list. What? Yep. I'm going to tell you why. Drake, uh, I feel like he mastered his sound. Is the reason why he lost the fan base he had before. Because before he was like, I give you a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, and everybody's like, oh, there's something for everyone here. This year he really found his comfort zone. He's like. I like it right here, and if y'all don't fuck with it, I don't give a fuck. I got enough fans who will fuck with it because of my of who I am and where I and and where I've come from and everything. Like to get in the game and everything. Oh, and the fact that I'm YMCMV also. He found his sound, and he, he was real quiet. But then I'm on one came out, and it's like okay. I mean the hook the hook game's obviously still there. And the first was the first was cool, it was decent, and then he dropped. Uh, she will. No, 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 that was Wayne. Wayne, Wayne. I'm not talking about that. She will though. He was a, that was a big hook for him. Yeah. That, was, that was a Wayne's album. That was probably one of the better songs off the part before. He uh, then he started dropping free songs. He dropped Dreams, Money Can Buy. He dropped Trust Issues, and he dropped Marvin's Room. Marvin's Room would probably be the song where people started saying, what the fuck is this? Because Marvin's Room was such a, I'm drunk and I'm texting you and you're answering, but I can't come over because you have a boyfriend and I miss you. And, and personally, I can relate to it. You probably can't relate to it like that. Thing, am I right? Am I wrong? I didn't like it, but you know, I didn't really think about it like that. Thanks for psychoanalyzing me, Kellen. <laughs> Man, maybe I can't relate to hip hop. Maybe, maybe I can't relate to the podcast. What have you done? <laughs> no, you know, I, I agree with that. Actually, that, I mean, the whole thing I said was. The opposite of what you said, but I, I can understand your reasoning for that. I think maybe I have a little bit of a bias with Drake because I'm one of the fans that was like, "Hey, there's something here for everyone," just like you said. Right. And then when he changed, I was one of the people that fell off. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I can I can do that. I can understand that. You can dig it. I, I can dig it. I can dig it. Um, and then of course, fast forward a couple months and then Take Care comes out. The scary thing about Take Care when you listen to it as a whole, it sounds like one big song all yeah. the way through. Yeah. It's so cohesive. Him and Forty sat in that studio and literally worked to make this one big piece of music. And that's the scary thing, you don't hear that anymore. Like people don't make pieces of music, they make songs. And Drake didn't do 60 songs and pick his best 15 and put it on the album. Like he and like, but take care. I mean, with uh, thank me later. So like he came out in such a short period of time. I mean, he blew up and he started working on it. And then um, he's meeting all these new producers. He's getting these beats. He's meeting all these famous people who want to work with him. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna take this, take this, take this, take this, take this. All right, let's put it out. I got, I got it. This time it's like I'm gonna go to Toronto, sit on my ass. And we're going to make songs that we're going that whatever we're feeling, and then we're going to put it all together, and that's exactly what they did. Take care is such a monster of an album that I can't even listen to it all in one sitting anymore. I almost had to take the first part and then probably around, uh, let's say around cameras or so, or I can't, I don't have track list in front of me. Uh, I had to stop and then come back later and listen to the rest of the album just because it's such an overwhelming piece of music and not just an album. And I feel like the fact that he was able to do that, 
I mean, he, he's always he's ever since he discovered he could carry a tune well and he can kind of make and do that. He's going to do that, and he's incorporated it more. But the verses that he does lay down are ridiculous. That joint he has on the Just Blaze beat, Lord knows, he murdered that all the way through. And then he's like, hey, hey, Ross, you want to do 16 on the end of this where I just spent like a hot 52? And Ross is like, sure. Like, oh. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I, got you. Uh, I mean, he had that one joint. Um, what is it? Look what you've done. That is one of the realest songs ever. It's like, no, there's no beat. It's just piano keys. And he's rapping about his mother and his uncle and shit. And like, he sounds like it's like five in the morning. And he's like, been drinking, smoking all night. He's like, all right, turn on the microphone. <laughs> and it just sounds real. Everything on the album sounds so real. And I think that scares people because there's not a song in there where you can be like, okay, this is hot. The motto is that song, but that was a, a deluxe edition. That was like almost a bonus track. And that's why he didn't put it out for Headlines, as dope as Headlines is, it fits in so cohesively. You barely even notice it's Headlines. If Headlines comes on in the club, you're like, oh, Headlines, I fuck with this joint. You hear it on the album, you're like, man. It, you just take, it's, it's an experience, it's a scary thing. And I'm really, I'm really just gushing. I hate it when I get on my gushing rants. But I feel like the fact that he has grown while stayed and got into this comfort zone without becoming redundant or um, making stale music yet, I think that alone puts him at number one in my eyes. And then the fact that he was on other people's shit, I mean, on my, I'm on one that was a DJ Khaled song. Um, she Will, that was a Wayne song. And then that State Scheming remix, that came out earlier this year. And I know that came into the account when he went back and commented or whatever on Ross's mixtape Rich Forever. You know how many people are still quoting Bitchy wasn't with me shooting in the gym <laughs> just because he said that Kobe won? Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. He also has this tendency to be featured on a track and kind of completely dominate the song even with a small feature where it feels more like a Drake song than it feels like whoever else's song it was. It's because he has a sound about him. He's not just the voice on the track. Wayne, even Wayne and Jay, to a point, still can be voices on the track. Yeah. Kanye has kind of got past that a little bit because he can get so involved in the track. Um, but he, when he gets on the track, there's a certain sound you're going to get. And the way he does it, whether he does 16, a hook, or whatever, he takes up all the space on the song. He, it's, it's, for the, it's a real crazy talent to have, but he has it, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's why I'd say he's the hottest of 2011, just off of that alone. Is he better? Is he hotter than Wayne with the kids? No, because the kids still fuck with Wayne Heavy. And a lot of people say, oh, Drake's softy, like Common did. But he's, he's up there. You can't deny that. So then, that's your number one. We really yeah. need to talk about the number one on MTV's list, which is Rick Ross. Rose! Hey, back music. <laughs> I want to, um, you started last time, but uh, I know that um, I've, I've tried to put you on the Ross in the past, especially after his last album came out, and you kind of resisted. I want to know what your thoughts are on Mr. Ross as of today. You know, he is, he consistently gets my award for like most improved rapper. He was just a completely obscure rapper to me that I could have cared less about. And somehow, became a decent rapper. But something about Rick Ross, I, I just can't find myself uh, as being a fan. Um, 
I don't know if maybe it was just 50 did a really, really good job <laughs> of just convincing me that, you know, it's all a show or whatever. But I know hip hop is, uh, is all a show anyway, especially the harder the music sounds, the more you know that's not really the case. But uh, some people say that Jay-Z is so successful because he's able to somehow walk that line where he almost has the street credibility for his music. And that really shouldn't be much of an element in music. But there's something about the persona that Rick Ross tries to sell to me that I just don't buy into. That being said, though, uh, listening to his music, it's it's not it's not bad. I, I can definitely understand its its place in hip hop, and that it it does really well. I don't deny that he should be on this list, uh, but I, I don't know. I'm probably out of all the rappers on here, it's almost like I feel like I can't establish a very valid opinion on the number one person on the list, which is kind of a shame. I, I can respect it, and I can respect people that fuck with it, but I'm just not one of those people. You had you had a really busy year, man. I mean, you got married, you, you moved, you got a new job. I mean, you had a lot going on where you really weren't... You, you, were, you were just probably one of your least active years in music, period. And I would think... It's because you had so much going on. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, the source nominated him for, like, Man of the Year. Like, he had... It was a very big album. Like, even that being said, to show you how big of a year it was for Rick Ross, uh, I can be so far removed from hip-hop with all the things that are going on in my life, and still... It somehow permeates. Like, still, I can't escape hearing people argue about, like... Rick Ross's how he when he comes on a, a track like that he just kills it right from the beginning or like that he comes up with these clever lines at the beginning of songs like uh like Monster like people loved him on Monster I don't he spit like six bars or something I just right. I don't get it <laughs> but yeah he he had a huge year and the stuff that he's done with Maybach music the man somehow carved out a place for him in hip hop. He kind of has his own lane, which is weird because he's in a lane that's been very frequently traveled. And some, like, I definitely don't call it an empire like all the MTV people do. But he made himself relevant from, with really irrelevant music to me. And I can, I can respect that. And I think it's big. And I think he, this year was definitely a Rick Ross year. Like, it might be a banner year for Rick Ross. I don't know where it goes from here, but he definitely had a top five year. I say top five. I say I would rather see him at number five. All right, I'm just going to do it. Five, I would do Wayne. Four would be Ross. Three would be um, Yay. Two would, no. Yay, three would be Jay. Two would be A, and one would be Drake. The reason I didn't think Ross would be on the top of the list, I was really surprised by it, actually, until I started seeing it as it was going, was the fact that he didn't drop an actual album in 2011. He did, I mean, he did self-made compilation. I mean, he was on everybody's shit. I mean, he was all over that thing. I mean, he was in everybody's videos. He was on I'm on one. He's another one of those guys. And I was like, everybody, he's like, God forgives, I don't. Coming out in December or whatever. If he had dropped God forgives and I don't in December, then he probably would have had it. But me personally, it's not that the, the product, the actual music wasn't there. I just feel like he should have had an album. Out because he has the music. I mean, obviously, he, he put out Rich Forever, that mixtape just put out in January. 
and it was loaded with all kinds of music. Granted, it wasn't no album music, but I feel like that's the only reason why he shouldn't be uh, higher. But I'm not supposed to be talking about that. <laughs> what I really mean to say is I've become a Rick Ross fan over the past few albums of his. Like like you said, when Port of Miami came out and Hustlin' was out, I was like, eh, Hustlin's cool, but I'm not really a big fan. And then Trilla came out, and that was okay. He started doing the um, Maybach music series. And Deeper Than Rap came out between people and 50. When he came out with um, the last joint, uh, Teflon Don, that's when I really took notice. Because that's when he really, the beats got better. Like, he was really picking high-quality beats. And then the rhymes got better as well. I mean, even when he had, I mean, he had lots of guests on that album. But that's one thing about Ross, like we're saying about Drake. He holds his own against anybody so well. And he, he seems to work with everybody. He doesn't have, he doesn't have a problem with anybody. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. And then his ad lib, he's, he's like coming with a new signature ad lib. That used to be Jesus' thing. And now everybody's like, oh. <laughs> and Jesus, he's like, yeah. And then like, it's just a, a thing, something about him. Yeah. He, he exudes this ridiculous confidence. And yeah, he was a security guard. Yeah, he didn't push weight like he said he did. And But his hustle was ridiculous. The man pushed himself so hard that he uh, had to cancel two dates in Memphis because he was on a borderline exhaustion and he, he fell out like twice in a row because he was pushing himself so hard because he was grinding that serious and there's not a week or even three days that goes by where you don't hear that Maybach music tag and you're Ross whether it be him doing a vlog him doing a video or dropping um, a behind the scenes for a video that he's dropping two weeks from now and people eat that shit up he's 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 getting a win yeah. As far as being the biggest one of the things that the MTV Brain Trust said that I totally agree with is that Rick Ross knows how to pick a beat. He yes. has an impeccable taste in picking the right beat for what he does. And another thing that I do respect a whole lot about Rick Ross, though, is that he, you know, uh, it's him when you hear him. Some rappers even, like even big name rappers, sometimes even like they've changed music so much sometimes that even the people emulating them, they, they kind of blend in with them a little bit. And even like rappers like say um, Jay-Z, Jay-Z would think, yeah, I'll know a Jay-Z song when I hear it. But then you hear, like you go back to say 2008 and you listen to a Bathgate song and you're like, am I listening to old Jay-Z? I don't know. <laughs> Bathgate. But when you listen... That's our second, second Bathgate reference on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but when you listen to like Rick Ross, you're like, wow, I bet I know 10 underground rappers that sound like this guy. But I know when I hear Rick Ross on the track, like there's something about him where you know it's Rick Ross. Like he has created that character kind of like what we said about Nicki Minaj but it's almost a much, a much more believable character in some ways just because it's not as annoying maybe as Nicki I don't know what he has that he, he created himself this character and it, I don't know there's some exuberance maybe it's the confidence like you were saying uh, but it's like what they used to say about Big actually is lots of people gave all this respect to Biggie because uh, they said that there's just something about Biggie, like that intangible thing you can't put your finger on about him, where people just like really like him. They really, it's just like a personality thing, you know? And I think somehow 
he does that on his tracks. Even if I don't like him, I still feel like he's a likable guy somehow, and I don't know anything about the guy. <laughs> I want to hang out with Rick Ross. I just, and, the, and one of the craziest things, he has the hottest drop in hip-hop over all the DJs in the world. You, you start hearing that, they're like, oh, shit, son, it's a big music song. And, like, you got little kids quoting that shit because it's so hot. And it's just some foreign girl going, Maybach music. <laughs> That's all it is. But well, we reached into the list here. Oh, yeah, we have. And I was thinking back to this year and all the other stuff that's happened. A lot of rappers maybe would never make this list for MTV, but there's been a lot of other good stuff that happened. Um, but <laughs> I was thinking the skills wrap up and Maybach music made that even. <laughs> they did. They did. They did. They did. <laughs> Shout out to Skills, man. That, that, that's an example of a man living the dream every single fucking day and being awesome at it. Yeah, that, so that, that wraps up the controversy. And really, didn't see. I thought it would be more contentious than what it was, but really, it's shifting things around and maybe dropping two people from it. Like a, a hottest rapper is in the game list. Even if you don't agree with half the stuff that, that we just said. It's never going to include a underground rapper on the list, almost by definition. If yeah, you're calculating based on buzz and all that stuff, it won't include like some underground or independent artist because they're just not going to have all the, the, the machinery behind them, so to speak, to generate all the buzz and album sales and features and all that stuff. It'll just never happen. So yeah. that has to be... Uh, that has to be mentioned that yeah this is always going to be a pop list but pop list within limits a lot of people were mad that Kendrick Lamar wasn't even on the list I'm like Kendrick is dope I, I fuck with Kendrick Kendrick's definitely nowhere in any of these categories because he has videos he dropped Section 80 which is a lot of people say is their favorite album in 2011 but he's, he's not there yet if he gets there good for him I mean he was on Take Care and that's a huge look but the average fan does not know Kendrick. Real, like, even, I know a lot of girls know Kendrick, but he's just not there yet. And he may never be there for MTV, but he's still a dope MC. That doesn't take anything away from him. Wow. So, I was just thinking of this year's uh, 2011 freshman top 15 rappers. Why did you say wow like that? Because, no, there, there's something more coming up to that. So, Okay. I searched okay. thinking, I was like, I know Meek Mill was on that list. And uh, we had mentioned Sahai uh, the Prince on there. But then I was, I was trying to remember who was on it. When I Google it, Huey Mack comes up as the very top result when I go to search for it. What you search for? The Freshman 15, and that's why it came up. But oh, because he named his album that. I was just like, wow, good for you. So, oh, you mean uh, the freshman 10? Or are you looking for that double XL list? Yeah, mean? yeah, but I was thinking it was 15, and so it came up first. I think the, they did 11 for 11 last year. Yeah. So, yeah, looking at the list, uh, none of these rappers would have ever made the top 10 MTV's hottest rappers in the game list. Not even close. Some of these rappers had big years, but none of them are on that level. Diggy Simmons, Kendrick Lamar, Lil B, YG, Mac Miller, Fred the Godson, Yellow Wolf, Little Twist, uh, Sahai, Big Crit did get a lot of buzz for this year, and Meek Mill. None of those people, even if you agree with that list being who should be you know, on that list, they don't belong on this list. No. The only people on who may have come close 
the only person who really came close, and he's not quite there yet, even though he had number one independent album. He went number one on Billboard, even though he is independent album, was Mac Miller. But he's not there yet. He has a huge fan base, as I found out at Fall Fest. Big Crit has a huge following, but I think Crit, Yellow Wolf, and Mac Miller, who might see them on this list in years to come, but nobody else on this list, I don't see them ever really hitting that peak, especially not Little B. So, yep, that, that wraps up the controversy or lack thereof for the MTV Hottest Rappers in the Game list. This was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It's it's good to be back. And uh, thank you very much for listening. And thank you for the 2,000 plus downloads of our last podcast. Yeah, now I got to do all the stuff you need to know if you want to get a hold of us. Uh, if you want to um, email the show, it's hhmpodcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on the Twitter at twitter.com slash hhmpodcast. Hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash hiphopmanifesto. You can hit us up personally at on Twitter, twitter.com slash chivalry, twitter.com slash the, be how you feel for now. It could go back. I don't know. And then you can also email me at behyphen at gmail.com. And don't forget the websites, hhm.behyphen.com and hhmpodcast.blogspot.com. And that's where you can get the feed for iTunes or... You can search it on iTunes, but we are on iTunes, because we are funky like that. And that is now out of the way. So, until next time, I am uh, Kellen B. Heifen-Bonson. And I am Matthew Chivalry Spencer. And this has been Hip Hop Manifesto. Y'all take care. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. <laughs> what is this? Maybach music. I like this Maybach music. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs>